please check out this episode on Rumble. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigaloff, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. Well, today I have a great honor to have Dr. Jane Ruby on. Now, Dr. Jane Ruby has been in this fight for quite a while. I've heard her on Stu Peters, and she now has her own show. Uh, please look her up. Uh, but it's, it's certainly a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks, Dr. Sam. It's great to be back with you. And what I'd like to discuss today is, um, this is part of my biowarfare series. And you recently discovered, along with uh, Mike Adams, uh, when you looked at some clots, some clots of people that had died after, um, after having the clots. Right. Um, well, let me, uh, you know, tease out a couple of pieces so that people understand, um, the, you know, the chronology and all this. In January, I was approached by an embalmer uh, who was a board certified 20 years experience. He had been seeing uh, something very strange that he had never seen before in all of his experience. And that was these white fibrous, you know, kind of sinewy, tough um, we're calling them clots. Um, they were not blood clots. There's, there's a little bit of blood around them, but, um, and because he, he just kept seeing it and he kept seeing it more and more. And he never saw it by the way, before, uh, the early to mid part of 2021, which, you know, aligns it with the rollout of these bioweapon shots. I don't call these vaccines. They're not vaccines by any definition. They don't uh, confer any future immunity. In fact, they, they actually do the opposite. They set people up for a degraded immune system and illness. So what happened was I encouraged Mr. Hirschman to, he came out publicly on the show, his own name, his own face, and I encouraged him to find, you know, to go to the next step and, and get an analysis of what these are, because we need to know what, what, what the material is. Is it, is it living? Is it not living? Uh, and he did. He tried for many months. Dr. Sam, he, he went to some of the frontline doctors, I don't mind saying, um, and they gaslighted him, they stalled, and they didn't do it. Now, you can all do the math and figure out why that may have happened. Um, I wasn't very pleased when I saw it happening, and about two or three weeks ago, I thought of Mike Adams. I'm, I actually have a live show every Monday night on Brighteon TV, which is one of the things that Mike Adams founded. He's known as the Health Ranger. And, and so I had a relationship with him, and I knew that he has a lab. It's a national certified lab, and he is, you know, a certified microscopy expert for some of his own work that he does. So I, I engaged him and asked him if he would, you know, look at these things. He said 100%. And then I connected him with Mr. Hirschman. I let them handle the chain of custody. And uh, within 24 to 48 hours, not even 48, Mike uh, just sent he put together his findings on microscopy, and he went down to 1,500 times magnification. And then uh, he's now in the process, which is going to take much longer, like 7 to 10 days, and we're about halfway through that, uh, looking at the chemical composition. He's going to rule some things out, and he's going to try to rule some, some things in. So we'll see what he comes up with. Um, again, this is not, has nothing to do with a vial uh, or the, the, the direct materials. It has to do with what the human body is developing once they've been jabbed. And all of these people from Mr. Hirschman have been almost 100% have been certified, you know, validated as having been jabbed. Um, I've had two more 
Uh, breaking news, Dr. Sam. I've had two more embalmers come forward just in the last week. I think they're very inspired by this. They were afraid to come out, afraid for their their lives, not their jobs. Um, and, but now they're coming terrifying. out, and they both pro provided me with pictures. Of the same kind of clots. Of the exact same kind of clots. The, the configuration, uh, the sizing, coming out of the same vasculature locations like the neck, uh, the femoral, sort of the groin arteries and veins, and uh, let's see, I think, and the and the brachial, you know, the larger. It's it's where embalmers go to begin their process, which is to, you know, go into the system through the vessels and push as they push their embalming fluid in, sorry for the graphics, for those that don't know, but it's important to understand, uh, the theory is, or the, you know, the process is that it pushes the person's blood out, drains it out, and replaces that with the embalming fluid, which is the way you preserve a body in that manner. Uh, these embalmers consistently all found resistance. They had to stop, change out their tools, uh, use other tools to try to remove the blockage, and they are finding the same thing over and over again. Now, the startling thing is that when they have pulled these out, you know, intact, like surgically, carefully, they have found that they are actually castings of the vasculature, which is incredibly creepy. So they've got uh, 20, you know, inches long plus uh, from, the, from the femoral as they tease it out. It's all one piece and it's, it's multi-bifurcated or, you know, branched off. So, um, and one thing that's, that's really that's interesting the about these about these clots, and I had the, the, the honor to be able to speak to an embalmer not too long ago, and hopefully I can have him on, because he's, he's, for a different reason, uh, due to his, uh, his family story, but I'll let you know later if I can get mm -hmm. him on. Um, but he was telling me that typically they would do one injection site at the neck, and now they're doing five injection sites, the neck, each arm, and each leg, because they can't get the wow. embalming fluid to go through the body. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell so you, um, the clot load is hugely burdensome. I had a really, uh, uh, the second embalmer that just came forward, uh, I wants to be anonymous. So I want to be careful with not saying anything that, you know, gives away the location or anything like that. But this person said to me, um, what, in addition to corroborating, independently, without provocation or, you know, probing, with uh, corroborated everything Mr. Hirschman found, this person added another, another piece. Um, he, this person said that the bodies were coming uh, to them very bloated, uh, so badly bloated, uh, interstitially, not just inter intravascularly, but so much fluid had been pumped into these people that it exuded into the cell, you know, the tissue around it, which is interstitial for those who, who don't know that. I know you know that, Dr. Sam. But, um, and, and, he, and, and they said that the, 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 the people were coming to them, they're, they're, they're not even recognizable, uh, but they did the best they can because you can't get that fluid out of the tissues once they're dead. And I asked, I said, well, why would the family want to do that? Like, why do they want to view? And the, the, the embalmer said, you have to understand, these people were deprived of seeing their loved ones. Uh, they were in, a, you know, in, in, in the coroner's office for a week or two. And even though it's a very distorted, horrible situation, they just want some closure and they want to touch the person and, you know, say goodbye. It was really heartbreaking. And, and they, 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 they verified that these bloated uh, cadavers were coming uh, directly from ventilators.
That's what I was going to just sure ask. Is, are these from hospitals where they over, you know, give give too much fluid? Uh, and I the encourage the listener the to go back. And, yeah, I encourage the listener to go back and listen to the episode where I interviewed Dean, and how Dean explained to me how you know he's a layperson; he doesn't know the medical side. But he explained to me how they tried to kill him. He didn't know that's what they were doing. But when you schedule narcotics every four hours and wake him up to give him narcotics, you try to intubate him in his private room. Like, you're going to kill him. That is the intent. There's no other, like, you don't schedule narcotics. They're PRN as needed. You never scheduled narcotics. The hospitals are very dangerous places right now. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but the nurses and the doctors that stayed in there uh, are really, uh, not only are they, are some of them accomplices, many of them are direct murderers. And I've told, I've said nurses that stayed are are murderers. And when they jumped all over me, I said, you know, somebody's hanging those remdesivir infusion bags. And you know what you're doing if, if patient after patient gets wheeled out to the coroner's office week after week. Uh, if, you know, if we had the accreditation agency, but all our federal agencies, unfortunately, have collapsed. But if we had a federal agency like JOCO, the Joint Accreditation uh, Committee, you, you would have had them down your throat within a week demanding to know about the protocol and why this is why is this causing so many deaths. But everything's shut off right now. Everything is shut off. And and we know why now. That's another breaking story. Right. So these things that you when you looked at these um when Mike Adams looked at these in, under the microscope, can you describe some of the things he said? And, and hopefully I can get some pictures of these to show while we're talking. Sure. I mean, I can, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some pictures and you can put them up for the audience. Um, he started, you know, m- with minimal, um, um, uh, you know, microscopy. Uh, magnification was the word I was looking for. And he went higher and higher and higher and got, you know, drilled down into it. And what he did was, these were, these were very thin pieces. He's described in detail his methodology. And he's actually posted an article on it on, on natural health dot, you know, his website for his news. And so he, he would take, you know, these, these slices and then drill down magnifying. And when he got down, you could see uh, what he called nano wiring. Uh, you have to remember a lot of this stuff, um, this is self assembling, right? These people were not injected with a, you know, with a material, the the thickness and length of my finger. So they were injected with a, you know, seemingly benign clear liquid. And this has self assembled. This is the creepy, scary, horrible part of this. These, these clots that you're seeing, these long, white, thick things uh, that are being pulled out of the body all over the place have assembled themselves inside, right? So over how much time? We don't know. Is it consistent from person to person in terms of the time it takes to assemble? Uh, We've seen, let me take you back a little bit just really quickly. In the the beginning, like last year, I, I started to have people like Dr. Zandre Batha from South Africa uh, uh, Dr. Gitala uh, from Austria and Dr. Philippe Van Welbergen from the UK and a few people in the United States who were finding, including La Quinta Columna, that found these structures right in the vial fluid, right? So when they magnified down, they saw structures that looked very, uh, did not look biologic, did not, they were sort of geometric shapes and things like that. We now look, looking back, we now think that those are the precursors to the self-assembling 
particles that if you let them go long enough in the warmth and whatever else they're using in the human body to make these things, or maybe they're pre-programmed to use whatever they bring along with them, um, then we're, you know, we're, we're seeing these grotesque pieces, you know, being pulled out of dead bodies. So we, we don't know how long they've lived with this in their body and multiplying. And don't forget, in Fauci's uh, December 4th, 2019 testimony before the House Energy Committee, the Subcommittee on Investigations and Oversight, he read, he was clarifying Trump's 20, uh, September 19th, 2019 EO, the Modernization Act, saying, and he literally said, we're going to be studying. He didn't say inserting. He said studying um, mRNA platforms, and self-assembling nanoparticles. So, you know, there's the criminals right there telling you what they're doing. So it's really, it's horrible. It's horrific. And, um, and one thing I don't know this if we, embalmer, you know, one thing I don't know if we talked about yet is the location of these clots where they're discovering them. Now I know, and you know, uh, but I'll go ahead and explain just normally when we find clots in a vessel, you know, there's, there's two main types of vessels, right? There's, there's arteries going away from the heart, and there's veins coming to the heart. Typically, when we find, let's say your grandma has a clot in her leg, it's in the vein. It's in the low-pressure system where, where blood stays around for a while, and okay, I get it. It sticks around for a little while, the little platelets stick together, and that's how you get a clot starting. Once you get a clot starting, then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Where are they finding these clots? They're finding them everywhere. They're finding them everywhere. That's why they're having so much trouble moving the embalming fluid through. They're finding it in arms, hands, feet, legs, arteries. Uh, they, they, yeah, they, they, they go in. I mean, I, I, I would have to query them a little bit yeah. uh, more uh, specifically well, in terms of you, are they going in the trunk? One yeah. embalmer told me, uh, and this is a little grotesque. This is why the, one of the reasons this person doesn't want to be, you know public. There are a lot of things that, that happen like in surgery and, and, and especially in the embalming world, I think that they have to get the job done no matter what way they have to do it. And uh, so this person said to me, I'm just reporting to you what they told me. They said to me that they could not get fluid, you know, through the vasculature, through the head and what they had to do, you know, there, there are other chambers other than blood vessels, you know, there, there are nasal passages and, you know, or auricular and things like that. And they had to really tap the back of the head uh, fairly hard, and that 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 came out of different orifices. It was a pretty disgusting description, but the person, the embalmer, was trying to explain how prolific and ubiquitous these things are in the body. Uh, and in all that the they're arteries. so filled that they can't. It's more than arteries. Uh, Mr. Hirschman started out by saying, "I originally saw them only in uh, veins. I have only seen regular clots in my 20 years." only in veins, maybe rare, rare occasion, there might be one occluding uh, an artery in a dead person. That's, now he's telling me I see them in my experience, all the time. I've, I've never seen a clot in an artery ever. Sorry to mean to interrupt you. I've never seen a clot in an now, artery. Mr. Hirschman says he's seen them all the time out of arteries and veins now. And he sees them in 80% of the cadavers that he's working on. And wow. the second embalmer told me that they're everywhere in the body everywhere, which triples the time they need to embalm the person because there's so much extra work to get, you know, passage through. So there is a significant yeah. change. And this is, this is good that we're looking at the embalmer side because that was one thing that I 
did not notice through all of this increased death that we've heard about through COVID is, um, and it may just be from my naivety, I'm not saying this is the actuality, but I don't remember seeing lines and, and embalmers and mortuaries being just booked solid. I don't remember seeing that. I, I could very well be wrong in, in that statement. That's a great point. In fact, one of the, I took some notes from the second embalmer uh, because this person's work is going to become more and more um, well-known, even if the person wants to continue to stay anonymous. But this person told me that since last fall, that the in, in that person's state and county, because they're a, sort of a traveling embalmer, just like Mr. Hirschman, they're called trade embalmers. This person said there's been a 46% increase in death call volume. So where they're getting paged and called, hey, we've got another body. There's been almost 50% increase in the volume, that which goes along with the insurance adjuster. Yeah. yeah now, did they the see that at the peak mortality. of the COVID crisis? They didn't see any of this in 2020. They only began to see it in the spring to summer of 2021. And Mr. Hirschman says it was about 20 to 30 percent of the cadavers. Uh, he said by by the end of 2021, it was up to 80 percent. He said now it's anywhere between 80, 90 percent. I asked him if he's ever seen any babies or toddlers, and I held my breath, you know. And he said, "No, thank God." I I think that may change now that this criminal cabal has authorized these shots for babies six months old to to toddlers under four. Uh, so I, I'm very worried about that, and I'm I'm hoping that people can get the word to to parents to really stop and do a little bit of research before they jump into this for their babies. And I think that's one thing that we really w both want to ram home right now to anybody. If you know anyone that has a child, a baby, six months and older, that's eligible for this, please talk to them. Have that conversation. Buy them a cup of coffee. You know, uh, bring them over for dinner. Talk with them. Find out what their feelings are. Encourage, don't don't berate them. Just encourage them to not give it to their children. You know, if it's it approaches everything, relationships are everything. But it's we need to help protect these children. And if it's the soft, gentle way, because yelling won't help, um, then we need to do that soft, gentle way to actually protect these children. Do that hard part of building that relationship, having them into your home, having dinner with them, having buying them a cup of coffee, um, so that you can talk to them and be like, "Hey, have you heard this? Have you heard of this?" Yeah, and you know, remind them that no one's ever said, hey, I couldn't get it. They ran out, right? So it, it, they're not going to lose anything by just waiting, like you said, sitting back, thinking about it, maybe doing a little extra reading. Uh, they're not going to run out. There's no urgency to this, you know, to getting it. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover? Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very concerned that, um, you know, we're getting more and more people with, with this, uh, people are getting sick. They're not making the connection to the shots, which is a very strange phenomenon to me. Uh, I just had a, a relative, um, you know, last night who was rushed to the hospital down here in Florida, perfectly healthy, 50 years old, no prior hit medical history at all, uh, was triple jabbed, unfortunately, made that decision for his job. And now he has diverticulitis. They found a, some spot on the, uh, you know, on his colon and there's some issue with his bladder and people aren't putting this together. I'm not going to hit them over the head with it, but there are so many, there's so much variety in the way that people are getting sick. 
But it's the timing, Dr. Sam. The timing is very suspicious to me. We said last year it'll be about 12 to 18 months, and people are going to start to display those long-term symptoms, right? The uh, antibody-dependent enhancement opportunistic infections. We're seeing those left and right. In fact, they're trying to use that. I mean, you know as a medical practitioner, I would think you would know, that shingles is, is really something that's, you know, not all that common, but we would see it in the hospitals in elderly people, people with, you know, compromised immune systems, really run down, those kinds of things. It wasn't something regular, uh, and it wasn't easy to catch if your immune system was in good shape. So I, I do want to encourage people to take care of themselves uh, eat well, eat healthy, you know, try to exercise. If you have taken these shots, don't take any more because I do believe it makes things worse as you add to it. Uh, and, and nobody knows what God designed in its entirety, right? So there could be incredible capability of the human body if you can survive this and, and support your body in keeping you healthy and keeping your defenses up. Um, you know, God can do anything. And I, I think God pre-built in a miraculous healing system. So, so who knows? But you, you want to help that healing system, uh, you know, as much as you can. So take your supplements, you know, eat good, clean water and food and, and, and those kinds of things. That reminds me of something that um, I was talking with Dr. Long. And, and I think many of the listeners know about Dr. Long, Lieutenant Colonel Long. And she was visiting her yep, father. Wonderful. And her father is is not doing well. He had a comeback of his cancer, and she was she was upset because she he was he, he was told you know hey this is going to be great for you so he went ahead and got it I think this is before we knew everything, and and she was just so down downhearted about how all these these people that are just falling prey to this and who are victims yeah. of this shot. And her dad said something that just, uh, just it pulled right at my heartstrings. He said, don't feel bad for me. I'm not a victim because I have Jesus. Feel bad for the people that got the shot that don't have faith in Jesus. Right now is the time. Build that relationship with Jesus if you haven't already. I totally agree. I, I, I believe, you know, you know, it's a spiritual battle. I, I, you know, I've, I've said what keeps me going is my, my, of my many beliefs, my belief that God is in control of everything, even the evil in the world. He knows how it's going to turn out and he know he knows our hearts. Uh, and, and I think this experience as as more and more people wake up and they realize the evil that is operating right now in the world, it is driving people to the Lord. It's driving people to restore their relationship with God and, um, and, 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 you know, to, to, to just you know to pray more um you know it, it just I, in, in that way it's a good thing and uh, have you know maintain your faith in god there's an incredible thing uh, in in the jewish faith when somebody uh, dies and you 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 go to the funeral or you go to the, the grave site uh there's a there's a mourner's cottage so it's, it's a mourner's prayer and the very first time i heard it i thought well that doesn't have anything to do with the person who passed away all this prayer is about, Dr. Sam, is praising God, trusting God, you know, just saying just over and over again, you're the ruler of the universe. You're, you know, you're the God of love and light and, you know, and it's praising God. And it's so that Satan is looking down going, God, I couldn't even break you with this, you know, and it just was a great lesson, you know, mm -hmm. to see that and, and to be told, to be interpreted, 
to interpret that that way, that um, it's all, all eyes on God because it doesn't matter what Satan does. But, but God is depending on us, I think, to try to help each other and, and teach each other and get each other back into the fold, right? Dr. Jane, I want to thank you so much. And I wish we had more time today, but I got some other things going on. I truly appreciate you giving me your time. <laughs> thank you so much. And where can people hear from you? Well, I'm, I'm mostly on Telegram because I have over 100,000 members and I break a lot of news there because there's such a density in population. But I'm on the Stu Peters Network. I have my own show, The Dr. Jane Ruby Show. And on Monday nights, I have a live show on Bright Tea on TV. It's called Live with Dr. Jane. So come come and see me and uh, write to me at my public email. It's Proton, Ruby at ProtonMail. And I try to answer as many as I can. Uh, so, so hit me up there and we'll see what happens. Okay. Thank you so Thanks much. I truly me. appreciate it. Thank you. Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear.